Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Calling Tau City. Turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network, featuring tales to terrify and far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm waiting to be found. And I'm building rockets. This is the Starship Sova, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to show 537. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Hey, it is still shorts and sliders. I've never had them off since last week. We've had some cracking weather here. So I've been out. Oh, man, I've never, I've never actually stopped since we spoke last time and we played a story. Just painted the yard, gotten all that sorted. I cut the grass about four times in a week. Yeah, it's got me a little second-hand grass cutter. Done, I've actually... Paved some some paving slabs at the allotment. Listen, if you want to have a look, because I've stopped kind of posting on Facebook and Twitter and all that. The shows still get posted there, but I haven't done anything over there. But I'm doing on YouTube. So if you want to see us working in the allotment there, paving some slabs, and there's a tour coming today actually, where I kind of walk around, and then you'll see me bees as well. Come over to YouTube. I'll put a link in the show. So just. Constant, eh? a good night's sleep as well. A bit of good graft and a good night's sleep. That's what you need. I'll tell you what's coming in today's show then, before we start. Pop-Tarts by Lauren Bukes, which originally appeared in Laugh It Off. That's the main story of the day. So just before, let's, let's jump in and we'll tell you how many is for Patreon. We have one more, Mr. Jim Phillips. Jim, sir, and Jim was our audio engineer for Crime City Central all them years ago. So, Jim, thank you so much. Hey, nice, to, nice to have you on board. Jim Phillips, good old name I can kind of pronounce. So, thank you indeed. So, we're going to jump straight in with this main fiction. And like I say, it is crime. I'm so proud. Big hats off. Big thank you to Jeremy and Gary pulling this story off and getting it sorted. You know what I mean? Just to get someone like Lauren on is just fantastic. So like I say, this story is written by Lauren Bukas. 
Lauren is a South African author and scriptwriter. Her books include The Black Magic Noir Zoo City, which won the Arthur C. Clarke Award, The Shining Girls, about a time-travelling serial killer, and The Survivor Who Turns the Hunt Around, which won the University of Johannesburg Prize, and Survivor's Club, a horror comic with Dale Halverson and Ryan Kelly. Her latest book, Slipping, short stories, essays, and other writing, which includes Pop-Tarts and Other Weirdness. Now, this story is narrated by Masali Badusa. And I'll tell you a little heads up about Masali. Masali Badusa is an actress based in Cape Town. She studied at the New York Film Academy in Los Angeles and has two babies, dogs, who make her very happy. Chocolate always makes her very happy. Cheesy pasta as well. One day she hopes to run a production company. Special thanks as well go to John Keevy of the Alexander Bar Cape Town Theatre and the Sound Factory Studio where this story was professionally recorded. Big thank you to them. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present Pop Tots by Lauren Bjorkus. Read by Masali Baduza. I've thought about it myself, you know, who hasn't? But you need a catch, a hook, a way of delaying the restless trigger finger on the remote just long enough to grab the audience before the next commercial break. Because it's not just static entertainment for zombie voyeurs anymore. You have to engage with your viewers. And Jude does that better than anyone else. But you have to be consistent. You have to stay fresh. It's not easy. Jude's doing okay, if the cue snaking out from Biko Bar's anything to go by. Special appearance. She seems to be doing a lot of these lately. But then she does have a lot of adoring fans, much more than when she was just Koketla. Adol and I are fashionably late, which would not normally be a problem, except it means we don't have Jude's security guys to protect us from the plebs. And someone in the line recognizes me. It starts a Mexican wave of excitement and suddenly everyone is screaming for Jude and surging forward, grabbing at my jacket as if she has left a mark on me and I can somehow convey it to them like a saint's relic. It takes two bounces to fight them off while the door girl quickly ushers us in. We push through into a crush of beautiful people and Adol whistles, or at least I assume he does by the way he's pursing his lips. It's hard to hear over the music. How are we going to find her? He yells. Easy. Just look for the densest concentration of people. It's true. For all that these poses are pretending to be about their own shit, they are drawn into a haphazard orbit swirling around the glittering magnet that is Jude, whether they admit it or not. That and the cameras, of course. Craig, the videographer, picks us up before she does, swinging that glassy eye towards us as we shove our way towards her. This makes me uncomfortable, no matter how many times she ropes me in as supporting cast. It's knowing that they're there, watching, all the time. Live. I don't know how she deals. Hey, Craig, I say, raising my hand, only to have Jude's manager, Dirk, who is always lurking, but always just out of frame, grab me by the elbow. Babes, please, how many times I gotta tell you, don't talk to the cameraman. Sorry, I mumble. But Craig has already turned the lens back on Jude. Radiant, like all the world loves her. I suppose much of it does. Or at least those parts of it with satellite access or broadband internet. She changed her name three months back, just after she started. It was Dirk's idea. He persuaded her that she was going to lose out on the very lucrative overseas market with a name like Coquetla. 
Americans wouldn't be able to wrap their tongues around it. Think of your audience, babes. Hey Jude does make a catchy name for a TV show, I have to admit. Did the mic pick that up? Dirk Miles at the PA standing near the sound guy. Still on about my talking to the camera guy for Par Deluxe. But she shakes her head and shrugs. No big deal. Dirk still have sent me. How many times you've been guesting now? As if he intends to drop me like last season's Italian shoes. <laughs> As if he could. While I am the best friend, I has back. For now, babes. For now. I think she should have used her name. Owned it. Made it a running joke that no one outside of South Africa could pronounce it. Heck, most of the whiteies inside South Africa couldn't manage it. But hey, whatever works for you, right? Anything to appease the ratings gods. It's a very competitive market now that everyone and their domestic worker has public access broadcast rights and a private channel to call their own, not to mention big time sponsor deals. Even that grunty plumber Faisal, who was voted celebrity most likely to choke on his own boringness, is now the official spokesman for Drano. Koketla, sorry, Jude, could have gone the sex tape route, like that chick Magda, devouring men like they were going out of fashion. She worked her way through most of Cape Town's eligible straight population, and that was just in the first season. Of course, some of Magda's once-off studlings asked to have their faces or um, other body parts blanked out. But I was surprised at how many men were totally happy to appear live on camera, naked, in front of half the world. No scam whatsoever. Or maybe we're all publicity whores when it comes down to it. Dirk has been much smarter with Jude. No cheap and nasty booty shows or lip-smacking tell-all-you magazine exposés for Mrs. Mugudamani's little girl, although there has been an FHM shoot and at least one Mary Claire cover. And sure, there have been lovers. She's South Africa's most desirable after all, but it's all tastefully shot, soft focus, low light. Dirk has stylists and everything. So much for reality TV. In front of us, Jude winds up her sparkling conversation with that old vulture of a gossip columnist who must nevertheless be courted, be allowed to bask in her glow. And the PA, who has been waiting for this moment, makes urgent hand motions to us. I know my cue after three months of this. The crowd parts like the Red Sea. Jude turns her full radiance on us, frothy signature Smirnoff cocktail in hand and purrs in real delight. Hola, guys. And this is part of Jude's hook, her authenticity, despite all the artifice surrounding her. She is so genuinely warm and nice that you cannot help liking her. Even the male and guardian arts critic is head over heels with her, despite himself, he says. And being so wonderful and cool and smart and gorgeous, Jude attracts other wonderful, cool, smart, gorgeous people who are interesting to watch. Her friends are all artists and DJs and rappers and poets, the creative elite, and occasionally some reasonably attractive academics as wildcards, folk who can throw in a twist of gender theory or Marshall McLuhanisms, even to the most arb conversations about rock versus guaito, say. That's where I come in. Of course, we get the occasional product placement like the Smirnoff cocktails or Adel, for example, who is apparently a shit-hot up-and-coming filmmaker who needs the exposure. And for a very reasonable fee, Dirk will play some center stage. If you ask me, Dirk should be the one with the show. 
with his pedicures and hair plugs and deliberately awful shirts in floral print or bold stripes, not forgetting his manipulative Sun Tzu stratagems. That would be the ancient Chinese general guy who killed the king's favorite wife to make a point about army discipline. I might say in an aside in my highbrow guest slot. Oh, Dirk comes off as sweetie darling charming, but trust me, he's the coldest savviest, most flamboyantly evil bastard of a marketing pimp you could ever meet. Although when I pointed this out to Jude once in a rare off-camera moment, she just smiled in that devilishly cute way she's cultivated, tipping her jaw slightly down and raising an eyebrow. Half sly, half sweet, like it was obvious. Yeah, but lucky for me. Right now, Jude kisses me warmly on the cheek and links her arm with Adel's. Hmm, is he to be a love interest then? And I wonder cynically if that costs extra. While Coquetla was genuinely that nice, that friendly, that generous, I'm realizing more and more that Jude only seems that way. And some bitter part of me hopes that she'll mess up. Shall we check out the VIP room? Jude beams, taking my hand in hers. I heard a little rumor that Lucas Radebe is here. As her adoring psychics for the evening, we traipse obediently after her, Dirk's security guards parting the crowd off camera, of course, to let her through. It turns out that the famous soccer player is not in the building. It's not even in the country right now. And with the party starting to fizzle, we are ushered off stage left as fast as possible. Because Jude absolutely cannot be associated with a dad night out. Not if her sponsors are to be kept happy. I notice that Adel has been left behind somewhere along the way, which makes me feel a bit ashamed of my earlier suspicions. But then Dirk sidles up to me while Jude is flirting with a starstruck fan, asking her to sign his arm. And then I'm going to go straight to the tattoo shop and get it inked over, he says, a little too enthusiastically, which has the security guys edging closer. So we're leaving now, Dirk says. Yeah, I know. I'm catching a ride. Dirk smiles, all teeth. Well, I thought it might be past your bedtime. No, I say. I'm good. Steadily meeting his look. A knot of irritation creases above one brow, but then he grins again and slaps me on the back. Okay, babes, have it your way. But don't say I didn't warn you. It's going to be one hell of a night. There is still a line snaking outside the bar as Jude's little entourage, cameras and minders and manager and me spills out onto the street. Her signature limo, covered in graffiti by her brand name Boyfriends, is waiting at the curb, vapor billowing from the exhaust and the cold. Brrr, Jude says with a giggle, rubbing her arms. She is seriously underdressed for the jawsy winter and clamors into the limo. Dirk slips in the front with the driver, which is weird, I think. He normally follows in a car with security and the rest of the crew. But I don't think anything of it until I climb in after Craig, the camera guy, not even managing to close the door before the limo pulls away, tires screaming. Hey! I yell, realizing only now that I am fairly drunk. But then I see that someone else is in the back of the limo with us, drinking a bottle of extra dry Savannah, because he also has sponsorship deals, and wearing a black ski mask. He points two fingers at us, his thumb cocked like a gun, and jerks his hand up. Bang. He whispers in that signature husky Chris Isaac voice. You've been jacked. His cameraman, wedged into the far corner to try and take in the whole scene, zooms in on our startled faces. I am too shocked to say anything, but Jude, who was more outspoken than Coquetla ever was, lets rip. Excuse me, what the fuck do you think you're doing? 
Hey now, hey. Do you know who you're talking to? He says, patting the dull black weight of a Glock 9mm resting in his lap, still talking soft and low, cowboy style. But of course she knows who she's talking to. Half the world does. Joshua X. Joburg's number one white boy hijacker, whose daring criminal exploits go out 24-7 on 136 channels around the world, not including subscriber internet. He's even started his own station, Zotzi TV, with a spin-off that has him mentoring aspiring juvenile offenders. Of course, a lot of it is faked these days, but then so is Jude's show. You asshole! You can't hijack my ratings! Jude is effervescent with anger. I've never seen her more beautiful. Just did, baby. He looks directly into her camera, mugging, and says another one of his trademark lines. So, let's say we go for a little ride. Weirdly, this reassures me. Reminds me that it's just a show and that Dirk is sitting up front. Jude realizes this at the same time and lunges forward, leaning over Joshua X to beat on the glass separating us from the driver. Dirk! Dirk! God damn it! She is almost sobbing with rage. Squashed next to Craig, I hear Dirk's voice crackling in his headphones. Okay, let's cut to a commercial break. Craig lowers the camera and makes a slicing motion across his throat to Joshua X's camera guy, who looks disgusted, but nevertheless switches his camera to standby. Joshua X looks amused and raises his beard to me tilting his head past Jude's armpit as she continues to beat on the glass. The limo pulls over. Okay, Craig says into his headset microphone and the dividing window glides down. Doug, what the fuck? Easy, babes. I thought we discussed this. You didn't discuss him, but I said we needed a little drama, a way to spice things up a bit. We've been over this. Why can't you trust me? The show works. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves me. Babes, Dirk says. I don't want to tell you, but MTV Europe is threatening to drop us. What? Jude rocks back into a seat. Serious. I don't understand. Audiences are fickle, babes. Why do you think we've been doing so many parties, so many openings? But this will make you. Trust me. I spoke to Nike and they like it a lot. They're very interested. You've already discussed this with sponsors? Yeah, listen, it's perfect. The country's hottest criminal hijacks the most adored superstar. The ratings will go through the roof. I'm talking interstellar. Oh, Jude says. Oh, God. Well, couldn't you have told me, Dirk, instead of springing this, this, whatever this is? Oh, come on, babes. We know your acting needs a little work, and I'd be surprised. <laughs> Joshua X snickers at this, and Jude scowls at him. So what do you say? Dirk grins and throws a little fake two-punch. We on, champ? Okay, okay. She wafts her hand in resignation. Whatever you say, Dirk. Love you, babes. Now, Craig, we're still on a five-minute time delay, right? This is something all the live TV producers cottoned onto after that whole thing with Janet Jackson's boob. It's already come in handy for Jude. There was a time when a street kid threw a bunch of carrot tops at her during her Durban tour. Just blipped out of the broadcast. No worries. Dirk checks his watch. Right. We've got enough time. Let's take it from the top from when you climbed into the limo. But I can't keep quiet anymore. Don't you think this is a little disingenuous? What happened to reality, Jude? 
People trust you. Okay, that's it. Dirk snaps. I've had it. You out. Oh, no, Dirk, please, Jude whines. She's my best friend. I need her here for moral support. For the love of... Fine. But she is not in the scene. Hey, mind if I take a smoke break? Joshua X asks, bored by the proceedings. Just make it snappy, Dirk says, turning back to Jude. Now, babes, let's talk about how we're going to handle this. I stand on the pavement with Joshua X, shivering in the cold night air, while Dirk goes over an ad-lib script with Jude. Joshua X looks me up and down and purses his lips. I smile back uneasily. So, how's it going? I ask. Yeah, all right, you know. Got all these wannabes, though. Would you believe I got cats cruising around looking for me, actually trying to get hijacked? That's pretty messed up. Yeah. They use cell phones to track my whereabouts. There's like this whole network or something. Hectic. And then I've got guys muscling in on my act. And I don't just mean other cats with cameras. You know what I'm saying. I mean, real criminals out there. Real Tootsies, you know. Pretending to be me. Using my shtick to rob people. Now that's messed up. Like, not cool at all. Dirk emerges from the limo, a reassuring arm around Jude's shoulders. Good to go, everyone? We take our positions, Joshua X climbing back into the limo, draping himself back into the seat with a fresh beer and the Glock in his lap. His camera guy susses it out through the viewfinder and gives him a thumbs up. Okay, now just like she was leaving the club, Dirk says. He pulls me aside. But not you. You can ride up front with me. Jude smooths down her dress and shakes out her braids, drawing herself up and turning on a kilowatt smile like she's totally oblivious to what's waiting for her in the limo. I climb in next to Dirk, but just as the cameras are about to start rolling, he slides down the glass divider. And babes, one more thing. You gotta take a bullet. Just in the lake. Don't worry. It'll be great. It'll make CNN. What? Jude says, dazed. But then Craig shoves her forward and she trips into the limo. What? I shout, and Dirk rolls up the divider as the limo screeches away, the momentum throwing me back. He leans over and clicks on the intercom so we can hear what's happening in the back without transmitting anything on our side. I twist around, shaking with adrenaline, frantically trying to find the button that will lower the divider with some idea of clubbing Joshua X on the back of the head. Hey there, lady. You've been jacked. Please! Oh my God! Please! No! Dirk smacks the back of my hand. Now, now, don't interfere. He pops the cigarette lighter and smirks. Or I'll have to burn you. So, let's go for a little ride. No, wait, please! Just kidding, Dirk says, lighting up a cigarette instead. Don't, Joshua, I mean it, don't you dare! You ever thought about it? Dirk says, offering me the pack with one hand. You've got the look and the mouth. Although you gotta stop using so many long words. You could do it, though. Have your own show, I mean. No! So, kid, Dirk leans over to turn down the volume on the screaming from the back, taking a long drag on a cigarette. What do you say? And there you go. Don't forget, copyright is Lawrence. Lauren, thank you so much. And Masali, wow, yes. Get back on Starships with a big thank you. That was just an amazing read. Thank you so much. And like I said, hats off to John Keevy and the 
Alexander Bar Cape Town Theatre and Sound Foundry Studio. Big thank you, gentlemen and ladies, for that. That was fantastic. So that is today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're going to get out in the sun if you've got sun where you are. Get your shorts on, get your sliders on. Get in the allotment, get that get that graft. I've had some proper graft this week. Really pleased with myself. <laughs> Back to work tomorrow. Ooh, shirt and smart trousers. <laughs> anyway, if you want, do support this show. Do you know what I mean? That's how we keep going. Don't forget, ad-free. No adverts if you come on. You get it a day early as well without ads for $2. $2, man. Until next week. Oh. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening.